Happy Hanukkah, everyone. It is the first night of Hanukkah, Tufshin, Pei Aleph, and we are back with the sixth episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi Liel Shalom. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing the discussion we started last week, which is free will. So if you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to it first. I'm Israel Yudkowski. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. Israel, you okay? I am doing wonderful. Yeah, life is good. Life is amazing. So, did you have a chocolate vanilla um, ice cream the last week? Not ice cream. Not ice cream. But I had to choose between a regular pizza and a slice of pizza with fries on it. With fries on it? Yep. Nah, I never heard that. In America, it's That's a big a thing. One. Over here, they don't have it, but there was pizza and some fries on the side. So I just took a couple of fries and put it on the slice. So you had to choose between pizza with fries or pizza without fries. Did you ex- Did you practice your free will? No, because I ended up taking both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all well, you I need chose, it, you know? No, you chose to take both. Uh, oh, so, I, so I guess I did practice, but based on what we learned last week, I didn't practice. Exactly. So that's what I brings us... I was just a robot. Right. That's what brings us to today's second episode of Free Will that um, we want to say, the way we wanted to go last week about it, is that your robot, everything is predetermined like it says in the Gemara, there's that one point that will be free will. And we broke it into two. We said, number one, that little point is is when you have a, a turn between the good and the bad. When you're having a struggle between the good and the bad, and it's actually a struggle. It's really hard. You have that sweat. That you had to like, last time. So in a sense, you are fighting your nature and your nurture over there. So in that point, we don't know exactly how much. Only God could measure exactly how much. But in that point, there's a little bit of realism where that you actually made a difference. Something real over there inside, we don't know the size of it. That's why Rav Dessler calls it Mikudas Abichira, the point of Abichira, because it's very fine and it's very hard to find it. It's a very, very specific point. And um, yeah. People think, yeah, I'm choosing day and night. Mm, I don't know how much, you know. You, like we said, when you're when you're doing good stuff in life, so maybe you're not, you know, you're going, you're 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 praying, right? So I I pray every morning, okay. I daven every morning. I'm not really choosing. I'm going. I'm used to it. I grew up Jewish, so maybe your choice is less over there. It's smaller over there, and probably your bigger battles are in a different area, right? Like I told you, some people struggle with murder. To murder or not to murder, that's a very far, but, you know, that's their Nakudas Bechira. And some people don't have a question of like, you know, great tzaddikim. You know, the question is if to vatel that 30 seconds to go to get the cup of tea or not, if that's their Nakudas Bechira. Like I never really understood this. Like, you're telling me, oh, everybody has challenges, even the, the take Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Reb Meisha Feinstein, like, they had challenges, like, come on, like, oh, should I watch television or should I go uh, learn Tyra? 
seriously, like, what are you even talking about? They had challenges. Like, I never like really understood this point. And a few years ago, when I was in Yeshiva Ketana in Bnei Brak, for about a month or two, I used to go every afternoon to Rebbe Yishai Greinemann. He was a uh, Chaim Greinemann's nephew. Or mm-hmm. Chaim Greinemann was the nephew of the Chazanish. So somehow, like very yeah, close, they're like big, big Chazanish. Exactly, he, you know, yeah. has a call. He's like one right, of right. the big, big the mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the Chazanish community. So he had a night kailal, and every afternoon he used to prepare. So I used to go for an hour, hour and a half to basically learn with him, mm-hmm. uh, prepare for kailal. Usually, when I used to come, a lot of times he was, "Oh, this is an amazing thing!" And I heard, and usually it was from Igris Chazanish. This uh, quick. Um, Musr, so, you know, five, ten minutes used to learn Musr, and then we used to start in the Gemara. So one time I come, and he says, oh, this is amazing uh, part I just learned this morning in Igris Chazanish. I have to teach it to you. So he gets uh, Igris Chazanish, so we learn it, you know, five, ten minutes, and we finish the paragraph. I was like, wow, amazing. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was really, you know, wow, it's so amazing. And then he sees, like, the beginning of the next one, and he's like, oh, the next one is also amazing. But wait, should I continue learning Musr or should we start learning Gemara? <laughs> and, and he says to me like this, should we listen to the Yetzir Hara or no? <laughs> and he's like, mm, mm, mm. And then I remember, I, I, like, I'll never forget this. He like shuts the Igris Chazanish, he closes it. And he's like, nope, we're not going to listen to the Yetzir Hara. We're going to start learning Gemara now. <laughs> and I was I like... That. There you go, because, you know, you have all the levels also putting Sfarim, like what you're allowed to put, you know, you first a uh, uh, Gemara, and right. then on top of that, you're allowed to put a Chumash, but you're right. not allowed to put a Gemara on top of a Chumash. Right. Why? Because it's like a little more holy, mm-hmm. whatever it means. So obviously, you need to learn yeah. everything. Right. But his priorities. struggle, There's right, like priorities. priorities, exactly. Like what's, So if you see this, a Gemara, you're not, you're allowed to put on a Igris Chazanish, but you're not allowed to put the Igris Chazanish on top of the Gemara. Why? Because the Gemara is just a dot more holy than the Igris Chazanish, whatever that means. So his struggle, his Yetzir Hara was pulling him to learn five more minutes of the Igris Chazanish instead of Gemara, which means in those five minutes, he's learning something a dot less holy. So it's a dot less schar that he's getting. Mm-hmm. So obviously you need to learn everything. Right. You right. know, you can't just, oh, what's the holiest thing? This? Okay, I'm just going to learn that and that. Right, but there's say, order. There's, there's order. Right, like how much of each thing. So, and that really, like, struggle, like, wow, okay, like, there you go. Like, that's his Yetzir Hara. Should I learn <laughs> Musr for 10 minutes or learn Musr for 15 minutes before right. I start learning Gemara? Like, uh, it was really like... Some uh, kids these days will, will hear that story from you and say, like, you know, what I'm dealing with is like, uh, is, a, is a universe far away from yeah, that. I mean, me too. I'm saying like, I was at that, but it just like clarified that point for me that I never understood. Like, right. like what does that even mean they have the Yetzir Hara? Right. And then I'm like, wait a second, my Yetzir Hara, what I'm dealing with and what they're doing, completely two different things. It's like right. not even close. But you know that, that uh, you know the Gemara, you for sure know it. Hagadol mechavaro, Yitzro gadol mimeno. The, the greater you are, your Yetzir Hara becomes greater. Your evil inclination is there uh, uh, in, with stronger forces. And it's obviously understood. And, you, and that was the beautiful story you brought. Because he's on such a high level, well, Yetzirah has to bring stronger forces. It's not fair. Not fair. You know, quote, unquote, you, you got to make a fair fight. We also say God made, God made uh, uh, a balance between the good and the bad. 
you know, we should have maybe spoke about it more in the episode of Good and Bad, that actually God brought this balance between the good and the bad, you know, to counter effect, right? When you have, if you have too much bad in the world, it wouldn't be fair. If you have too much good in the world, it wouldn't be fair. By the way, like just as a side point, we started in Yeshiva this big debate. Is there more, they were talking about internet and good, bad, the bad things in the internet, the good things in the in the internet. So I was asking, what do you think is more? Okay, everyone agreed on the table over there that there's there's a lot of bad in the internet. That was pretty straightforward. Um, but a lot of guys were saying there's a lot of good, right? Helps your business, helps your communication, helps you move things forward, it helps to send things fast. You can go on and on and on, right? Shopping, this, that. It helps in many, many ways. So I was asking him, what's more? What's more? Give me your numbers. What do you think? Again, we don't know statistics exactly, but come on. What do you think is more, the good or the bad? It's a big argument. What's more? Some guys were saying, no, it's totally bad. It's The good is so minute. Some say, what are you talking about? The good is so mostly good. But, and it was such a back and forth. And I was actually enjoying it because I realized like everyone is right over here, right? Th- that's the battle. The battle is always between the good and the bad. You bring something that's really good into the world, that's like, wow, and the bad is going to come and really fight it. Like in Kabbalah, they call it the Kalipos, any place that has like a lot of Kedusha. So the the bad things like come and tackle it, you know. So back to your, back to free will, you see, meaning this fight that you have, that we said you have to, you have that little point of choosing, that little sweat over there is is always will be balanced between the good and the bad. Now, if somehow you got yourself to be such a great person like Rabbi Graneman, you brought yourself up to that level. So imagine the 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 Yetzirah he's fighting with. If he's that great, if the good of it in him is so great, imagine how much bad forces are coming and fighting him. We think like, oh, Rabbi Chaim Kaneski, Rabbi Yosef, Allah Shalom, right? All these great rabbis and go back into the generation, these great people, we think, oh, look look at that. He was an amazing person. He was such a holy of the holy. What Unbelievable, you know, he's probably got it the easy way. And it's totally wrong. I, I know some rabbi, again, I don't want to get into hot water over here, but I know some rabbi that wrote a book about all the challenges that the great rabbis, like the greatest names, and he brought life stories, how much they struggled in life and how many hardships they had in life and how many fights they had to fight in their life. He wanted to bring out the point that don't think, don't make this pink picture of like, he just got it. He just got it. He's good, right? No. He, the bigger he is, the bigger fight he'll have. So to conclude... You always will have that fight. You have that nikudas of a You have that point of free will. The size you are. That's why I always say, you walk in the street, right? You see a person. You see him doing good deeds or the opposite, bad deeds. You can't judge it. You can't. You don't know how his olamhava looks like because you have no idea what his what is his nikudas of a Where is his real fight? Where is his real struggle? That's why I'm saying what I'm saying is it's a it's a, in a way chizuk in a way it could give us a lot of you know strength to under, to know that you don't know you know barely on yourself you can find out and know exactly how much you're choosing.
all you need to do is just fight. And when you fight, hopefully in that sweat of the fight, you'll have, you'll get to that moment that you actually are practicing your free will and having that sweat between choosing from bad to the good, obviously that's the way to go, right? Of actually when you made a difference. And then we had to add a, a, the, the second component is that without this understanding, you cannot understand free will even after what, I, what we said about that point. I'm just pointing where it is. But even after I'm pointing to you where is the free will, you also have to add that it's the biggest thing that God made here in the creation that Hashem Kaviachal had to m- remove himself away because God is everywhere. So where's room for us? He wanted to make room for us. He wants us to earn. So where's the room for us? So of course it goes without saying. That's that's the hard part of free will. That's where people struggle with free will. Of course, in that will of God that he wants us to earn comes the room for free will. So we actually make a difference. Hashem Kaviachal has to move himself away that's the really tough thing to understand over here. But Hashem moves himself away from that little tiny point that we said, that little tiny Nakuda Sabahira. He makes room for you to actually make a difference and earn. So that's where the Chiddush of the world comes in. That's where that's where a difference was made. Other than that, call me Shamaim, everything is predetermined. You are just a robot besides those points. So Get to those points. I'm I'm talking to myself, obviously, but everyone needs to say to himself, "Get to that point. Get to that point of friction. Get to that point of the fight in your life, because that's where it matters." So, I was listening to the past episode, and now I'm hearing Rebbe adding, adding on that a bit. Basically, my main, I would say, issue with it is the robot part. First, before we start, I think that's also the amazing part about Judaism is that, you know, there's so much colors to it. And, you know, you could have a machlokas. One rabbi says like this, one rabbi Mm -hmm. says like that, completely opposite. Who's right and who's wrong? It's not right and wrong. It's just two ways to look at it. And each person needs to find what he connects to. So I think, you know, obviously, if anybody finds and it comes down and he understands a free will based on Rebbe's explanation, wonderful. But for, for me personally, it just doesn't do it to me. Like the whole robot part, because I feel, A, just randomly, I don't like the part that I'm a robot. And B, also, I do feel a lot of times that I have struggles in life that don't have to do with good and bad. So kind of what am I fighting for? Let's say in the gym, should I give 100% or 120%? You know, I go do seven, eight, nine pull-ups. Okay, you know, that's my maximum I ever got. But, you know, should I go beast mode and get that 10th one? which is more than what I feel like I could do, which you always could do more than you feel like you could do, then that's a massive struggle. And it could be, no, I didn't get it. But then later on in the workout when I'm doing squats, then, you know, then I'm going to go and, okay, finally, boom, I'm going to push. Now it's hard. It's tough, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but so what you're saying is just a robot. And every time I go and suffer and, you know, working hard and should I do and shouldn't I do that? This is just all predetermined. Like, that's why I was saying that there's two components. There's working hard and choosing between the good and the bad. That's but the there's only, no part of good and bad. And working hard is nine. also a robot. You can make a robot work hard. 
Right, but if, so I'm a robot working hard. Like mm-hmm. I'm th- that's the point that I don't like. Unless, unless you're working hard when it has some difference between the good and the bad. Right. So that's so 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 that's exactly my point that I don't like. Okay. Like I don't like that when I'm in the gym or whatever it is struggle that not has to do with good and bad. Then I'm just a robot predetermined. Listen, Yay, you like, can find some good in that if it's let's helping you. Let's say. Up your spirit and self-motivation, let's say. Let's say that extra pull-up. Again, I'm ta- I don't want to get too specific um, because it could change in different cases. But let's say you're pushing that last pull-up, right? You're, you're doing it like against your, your nature, right? You can't do it. Everyone's telling you you can't do it. And you go, you know, that's the biggest movie stories. Like everyone yeah. told the whole world told you you can't do it. And against all odds and... The grand finale, he broke through. You have the whole movie building up just to la- that last second that he actually broke through. That's a that's a hero by us, right? So if that moment, just to bring it back to uh, to good and bad, you know, if that moment of self motivation is pushing you to be more of a kind person, to push your limits in order to do something good, whatever that pushing the limits is, so yeah. That will be at the end of the day that hard work that will go into your choice between the good and the bad. Yeah, I definitely can find any example you bring me of gym and everything that it might be tied into the choose and bad. But as long as it is, that's what we're trying to say. But mm-hmm. Israel, give us what 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 is what do you think? What do you feel is the point of Bechiro? Where can we find free will? In this world, all right. So yeah. So ju- just just to comment about that. So so then he said, right. It could be we have good and bad in it. So two options: either there is a good and bad in it, or not. So if there isn't good and bad, then like I said, I'm a robot. I don't like that. And if there is good and bad, even in those situations, then just everything's good and bad. Not only Tafko if to learn Torah or not, but whatever. Okay, like it could be a whole. I mean, we could go on for on when we talk about Harsinai. Maybe we we can clarify more, and we talk about the oral Torah. That yes, um, the Torah covers. Every aspect in life, besides like when it doesn't need to tell you to breathe, but yes, anytime you have a turn in life, to the right or to the left, um, based on the two episodes ago, right, that everything in the world is good and bad determined by God. God says this is good, this is bad, and that what that's what makes it good or bad. Um, Torah does cover again. I don't want to, uh, you know, we're gonna dis- discuss this later, but uh, Torah covers every turn in your life. So I'm saying that's what I'm trying to to limit it into as long as you have a turn in your life. And I'm just for free will's uh, sake, I'm saying between good from bad to the good. And the the and when you're actually making it only when there is an effort, if it's easy, like we said, the goody goody kid that's bringing his cup of of water to his father, he's ain't doing uh, much if he's not doesn't have any choice over there. If it's just he was born with it and it was predetermined. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dig but, into but it yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, you go on. Yeah, all right, so the way kind of I shifted it down to, the way I understand uh, free will and uh, making choices, making decisions, is that every choice you make has two parts to it. There's the nature and nurture part. You know, there's the subconscious, what you heard, what you said, what you went through, things that happened to you what people said to you from the second you were born till that moment. And then the other part is the free will part. Now, part B, which is the free will part, it's not always there. 
right? Like, let's say Rabbi Shai Grenaman to wake up in the morning to Shacharis, it's 100% nature and nurture. Like, of course, he's like, it's not even a question. It's not, I mean, since he was three years old, he never missed a minion. You you know, I don't know that to be a fact, but, you know, they have those people that just, that's how they grew up. They don't, right. they don't know anything else. That's their life. And just like a side point, also, I think that that's the schar you get is also based on that. You know, obviously, if someone grew up in a non-firm neighborhood and, you know, 18, 19, he decides to become Baltrua. And now every morning is an insane struggle. Should I get up, you know, at five o'clock in the morning before work to, you know, put on filling for five minutes and say Shema? Insane amount of schar he's going to get. And you have someone who grew up in Meisharim, never missed shachars in his life, then obviously... Oh, but he davened full chakras and he just, but still, you know, that fight there. Anyway, side point, but there's not always going to be that part B of the decision, which is the free will part. Part A is the nature nurture. And then you have the part B that sometimes, you know, each person in his own uh, place has, has the free will that sometimes could come, you know, obviously when there's a big fight between the nature and nurture, like we were saying that, you know, we have a nefesh Bahamas and nefesh alokis, you know, mm-hmm. one is pulling us this way, one is pulling us that way. Right. When you have that fight between those two, that's where the free will comes in. Right. And it's basically going to, you know, kind of, now I'm going to decide. And I don't think it's necessarily only in between good and bad. It could be just random in life. I don't know. I'm in the store. Do you want barbecue potato chips or do you want a natural flavor potato chips? Then also there. So, like we said, if I don't like one and I like the other, then it's just the nature nurture. Past experience, I'm just going to go for the barbecue one. But in the spot that I like both of them, and now I have that fight between A and B, so that's where part B of decision-making is going to come in, the free will part. And then, yes, there is a small part that's also up to me, not specifically only in choosing between good and bad, just in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that, right? So you could say, like, what do you mean choosing between potato chips? It's So that's not your shemaim. So it's bidei shemaim. It's up to God. Nah, you know, it's nothing to do with you because it's not your shemaim. Mm-hmm. So I think the hakol bidei shemaim shemaim. It's not talking about the process. It's talking about the outcome. So how much money I'm going to make at the end of the month is bidei shemaim. You know, that's the outcome. That's hakol bidei shemaim. But oh, I'm going to beat the system and I'm going to you know, work an extra hour on the weekends and I'm going to make an extra $150 that month, mm-hmm. then haha, you see, now this month I made $150 more. So it's not Bidei Shemaim, it's up to me. So two ways to answer that. A, maybe specifically this month, Hashem decided that you're going to make an extra $150. B, even if not, and you just, haha, I beat the system, I made $150. So you see, it's up to me, not to God, then your chair is going to break and you need to pay exactly $150 to fix it, which if you wouldn't make the $150, then it wouldn't break. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you stayed with the same amount of money. So whichever way you want to explain it, at the end of the day, the outcome, how much money you're going to have, what car you're going to drive, what house, you know, all these stuff, it's all up to Hashem. But the process, I'm going to decide if to work an extra hour on the weekends or not. So the process that is up to me. That's where the, you know, free will part comes in. You know, like you said, working an extra half hour on the weekends, I have the nature and nurture. Hey, you know, I want to go chill with my friends, have a good time in the weekend, getting, you know, a little bit quiet. But then I have the other side of the nature and nurture is pulling me towards, no, you want more money. This way you have more money to spend. So, right, you're going to be, you know, having fun less time, but you're going to be having more fun because you have more money now. So, 
So that's where the free will part comes in. And now I get to decide. It's up to me if, you know, to choose A or to choose B. So the process of what I am going to do, work an extra hour, choose potato chips, you know, like the two-story with the goody-goody kid. Should I go play soccer or should I give the cup to my father? Should I, you know, the bad kid, should I punch the old lady or should I not punch the old lady? Those stuff, the free will comes in because now I have a struggle between the nature and nurture has two sides to it and each one is pulling me somewhere else. So now the free will part comes in and I could make the decision this way or another, even if it's not good and bad. But the outcome, that's where the Hakol Bidei Shemaim, Chutzmir Shemaim comes in. The outcome, that is up to Hashem. Mm-hmm. If it's not good and bad or, you know, Yer Shemaim, anything that has to do with the Torah and mitzvot, then what Hashem decides, you know, they said, uh, you know, the Mizonos of Shaladam, Suvim Lo, you know, the amount of money you're going to make in the coming year is already Rosh Hashanah, Hashem decides. And Rosh Hashanah, it's already decided. Uh, What do you mean? But I ended up deciding, you know, two days after Rosh Hashanah, I decided, you know, I'm going to take another job and I'm going to work 10 hours a day, not eight. Ah, I beat the system. No. Either God knew it or like we said before, that all of a sudden you're going to, something is going to start breaking every month and you're going to need to pay that extra $200 that you made. So the outcome, you're right. Hakol Bidei Shemayim. How much you're going to learn, how much you did. That is, you know, it's up to you. You get the schar based on how much you do. But the process of how to do it, that I don't think the Hakol Bidei comes in, that is, yeah, it is up to me. So obviously it's not in everything in life. Rabbi Shai Greinemann, like we said, if to wake up in the morning in the it's, it's there's nothing to talk about here. Where does the struggle between you know, the nature and nurture, which he has two parts pulling him two different ways, and that's where the free will comes in. And basically he could be the tiebreaker that's, should we continue for five more minutes learning Musser or should we jump straight into the Gemara? You know, that's his struggle. So each person has his struggle in his way and in his place. Right. So you're saying you're not a, just a robot. So when you're choosing between chocolate vanilla and or potato chips with flavor or without flavor, so you're not a robot, you're actually practicing your free will. So for a very small part, right? A lot of times when you go into the story, yes, it is just nature pulling me to this or nature, you know, whatever the story is in background. Yeah, it's just, you know, me choosing, but it's not, oh, I'm robot program. Like, just basically that's how it is. That's my life. But if it's coming from the nature of the nurture, isn't that the program? Right. So that's the program. But it's things also, let's say, that I did in the past. Right. So I have basically I programmed myself. Not fully. Not fully. Obviously, you know, God put, you know created each human different and a lot of times it's things that someone said to me i couldn't control it but now it affects me but then i decided uh to go and to therapy and fix it so that was me changing my nature right so yes nature and nurture is a robot but i programmed part of the robot wait not the the whole nature you didn't program the the nurture the nurture you programmed but Parts when you, of it when you program yeah. that nurture, let's say you got yourself into a habit of liking chocolate, that first point of getting yourself into chocolate was also not from free will. 
there was an influence from outside. No, no. What made you like the yes, chocolate? What made no. you like the chocolate? I don't know the side. So, so maybe so. All right, like and sometimes yes, but there are parts. Because what if it wasn't what's influencing my decision now? Right now, I'm not de- deciding between good and bad. I'm just something natural. Right. But something in the program that basically is pulling me one way or another is influenced by a free will when I actually chose between good and bad. Because when I chose good and bad, oh. it was my decision. Oh, It was yeah. up to me. And now so that thingy that I decided 100% up to me or not, that program now me deciding just between a random thing. So right when it's 100% nature and nurture, yes, it's just a program working. It's not actually the free will, but... There's a small part, obviously it's a small percentage, but there's a small percentage that I program. So like if the robot would program part of itself, then then he's not a robot anymore because yes, I'm working based on nature and nurture, but I decided what that nature and nurture should be. Not all of it, but part did of you, it. Did you? Go to Parts that first it, yeah. point. Go to that first point that you're saying. I, I definitely agree with you 100% that after the robot uh, did a free will practice, whatever, we're trying to understand that. But after he did that free will, it's his, right? He's not programmed in that part, at least, because no, he actually he is earned programmed. It. He is programmed in that part, but he programmed it. Yeah, going to that, he programmed it. Was that a free will act? Yeah, choosing how ch- ch- choosing between good and bad. Okay, so of course, after he chose from really good and bad, and and we said we had effort. So that's actually in that part, in that little nakuda, he's not programmed. That's the chiddush that we're trying to say. That's the whole idea of free will, that once you practice free will in that very specific tiny nakuda, right, you're not programmed in that point anymore. But it's not from a neutral, not just from a random thing. It's from good and bad still. Right. Because if it would be a random thing, it's influenced by something. That's how we started last episode was, how do you get rid of this problem of being influenced by everything is... And that everything is influenced by other things. You see, that's what the the problem we were trying to deal with. That every if every if in nature and nurture it's influenced, so you're not doing anything. So if of course I uh, you're right hundred percent that after there is a free will over there, right? After there is free will, so in that point you're not programmed, right? After, after you actually really chose. But before you actually made a free will, which we we're saying it's specifically in between good and bad, and there's an effort over there, that's a sign that you actually made something, some difference, and you fought against the nature of the nurture, against that influence, that's when you made the money. Of course, after that choice, you're not programmed in that aspect. You earned it. Right. So, it's in your system so it could be with something when you. I when I was a kid. So yeah, so it could be the, the the one first free will when you were a kid. I don't know, three, four, or five years old, whenever it was. So that one first thing was between good and bad. Right. Good. But and but good. after that, that's it. It changes everything because now that one tiny aspect yeah. could be is going to influence a thousand other things that doesn't have to do. Hundred percent. So now so so a you're not just a robot because right. even the parts. Like I said, there are two parts to decision-making, the nature-nurture and then the free will, which the free will doesn't exist in every uh, decision-making. But that part of the nature and nurture, besides the first time in your life, so one out of billions of times that you made a decision, 
the first time, yes, it could be it had to be good and bad. That this, but that's it. But now everything's changed. Right. In that now, aspect. In that aspect. Well, no, but, but it could 100... be that aspect is going to change also other things, even though it could yeah. be it was a good and bad. Should I punch or not punch? But now it's going to change when I'm in a store choosing between potato chips. I'm going to be a little bit more calm. So calm. Oh, I'm going to take a natural flavor. I'm if not going to take barbecue. I'm saying if it's directly connected. Yeah. If but it's I'm saying not connected, cho- no. punching an old lady and choosing potato chips usually no, is I don't not see a connected. Connection. It's no. not connected. But the- so you're still a robot by the potato chips. No, but what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that sometimes the subconscious between choosing between potato chips, two different flavors of potato chips, is not 100% only the times before in life that I tasted potato chips. That's what's determining. Either no, the that nature or your nature. nature that you it's like also the music stuff. in the background. Right, the music in the background is also influence. so. What does music have to influence. do with potato chips? Influence and the the amount of people in the store. Influence and, and the what rapper. size and the wrapper influence. and the color of the floors. And so when are you choosing? When I'm. So the first point was between good and bad. When potato chips? How no, you're no, connecting no. the old lady, the the punching the lady into, uh, the old lady into potato chips. Get, give me, make me the gap. Okay, so. Obviously, it's going to be the 0.0001% in the potato chip decision making. But let's say when I was 10 years old, the first time that was 100% up to me, good and bad. And that's that first point of, you know, that I 100% chosen, you know, the free will was punching a lady or not. I decided not to punch the lady. So now in my subconscious mind, and like I felt good about it, let's say. So now subconscious mind, if you just don't do it. Just kind of duck your head down and go. You know, you feel more calm. You feel more good. So now when it comes to the potato chips 15 years later, I know, oh, you know, that 0.00001% of now the potato chip decision making is going to come from the old lady is that I know that I like to be calm and just easy and simple. So it's going to pull me 0.0001% more towards the natural flavor and not the barbecue spicy flavor because i like more natural so it's in this tiniest dot so that's what i'm saying so yes it could be the first time that free will comes in that you choose it could be the first time in your life was only good and bad but now that good and bad it's not that it only changed me punching ladies or not and that's it everything else is still 100 percent nature nurture no me punching a lady or not influences so many other parts that doesn't have I mean, to do. Let's just uh, remind not punching a lady or not. It means the example that we yeah, said about example the example we brought from last from the mafia kid. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not. It's whoever not tuned in every this kid. episode should be clear to him. Go listen to the episode. Yeah, before. listen to that episode. Before before we're not talking about punching ladies. It's just talking about the old lady. In the with the mafia kid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one of a kind book that Artskol has recently published titled "On the Shoulders of Giants." Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agudis Yisrael for over five decades takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Das Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Yisrael at Moetz's Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness, from the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Reb Meisha Feinstein, from the Ger Rebbes and Reb Aaron Lane Steinman to Rev. Dun Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by 
by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Reb Maisha Sher. In his years in Agoda, Rabbi Bloom also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at archgirl.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore. On the Shoulders of Giants by Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. Get your copy today. I would also like to let you know that every few weeks throughout the Back to Basics program, we are going to have a Q&A with Rabbi Liel Shalom. So if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity, send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com. That is jewishfoundations at gmail.com. Every Q&A, we are going to give away one free copy of the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. So... Send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com for a chance to win the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. And now, let's get back to the show. Again, if there is a connection to the free will, and that free will choice um, is influencing any other aspect in life from that real, actual free will choice, of course, that's included if you remember last episode, I brought the example of the the kid that came to Israel, right, to learn. It was really hard for him, and he, he was struggling to come to learn in Israel or not. You know what? And he was had a real fight, okay? Like we said, he really had a sweat over there. Some people pulling him to college. Some people pulling him, you know, whatever. He had a real fight, and then he chose against all odds. He fought his nature. He had a real fight, and that was his, like, hard point in life, and boom. He came to Israel and he did it, okay? So at the beginning, like, wow, this guy is earning, right? He actually practices free will. And then, skip, 10 years later, 20 years later, he's living in Israel and his kids are here. Um, You know, they're not choosing to be in Israel, his kids, for instance. And he's already so used to Israel. It's not hard for him. He loves it here. He loves it and the, the setup and the way he chose his life, right? So he's not struggling anymore living in Israel or not, right? I'm taking Israel as like a very good thing to be in, yep. right? Um, so he's not having the struggle. However, the fact that he's living now in Israel, that's why I'm saying that definitely like you're saying, that the fact that he's 20 years later living here in Eretz Yisrael and not living in America, that is still influenced by that great decision he made 20 years ago, that real free will. And of course, all the schar that he's having, all the mitzvahs that he's getting from living in Eretz Yisrael is coming started from that real free will. So he's not a robot in that aspect. He's yeah, not a robot. It's like he invested in a stock and 20 years later he's still making a percentage from it, even though now he's not doing any work. Just every month, boom, you get uh, 1%. Precisely, exactly. Into your bank account. Right, so, you, yeah. you just, it, it grows. Because you invested 20 years ago, you're still making a profit off of it now, right. even though now you're not actually working and doing anything. Right, right. So, so, so you see he's not a robot in that 20 years later, right. living in Israel and still practicing that free will, although, okay, now it's easy for him. And that real heart, the real, when he really chose it was 20 years ago, but that 20 years later is part of that decision. When Rev Granum, you said Rev Granaman, he, he he's davening since, you were saying since he's yeah, three. Yeah, I don't actually I don't know. know. Uh, there's probably just, people that, yeah. Yeah, the, he grew up, you know, in, in the holiest of the holiest yeah, He doesn't know area. anything else, yeah. Right, so even him. In some point, he had some struggle in that starting point. So right now, of course, it's easy for him. So I'm not saying he's a robot in that aspect because it's tied to some free will, free choice. But in if 
you know, this is a, a hypothetical. If hypothetically there is a there was no free will, absolutely no free will starting point, he's a robot in that aspect. So again, if you can somehow tie the chocolate vanilla, the potato chips, whatever, to some real free will, so he's not a robot in that aspect. I agree one hundred percent. You're right. But there must be some starting point that he actually made a difference, and that's only between good and bad and with a sweat. And there was obviously a real yeah, so, struggle So I think there. kind of to connect what we're both saying, because I think we're going on and on, yeah. and so kind of to connect it, is basically, yes, there is the nature-nurture part, which is influencing us, which I guess you, you can't really call it a robot, but let's just call it a robot, which is making the decision. But you programmed it, and this is why also it's not a robot, because you programmed it. Right. How did you program it? You could, like Rebbe is saying, you could only program it through good and bad. Right, right. So let's say on the computer, you only have certain buttons that you could use to program the computer, but now you program the computer to do much more than just these three well, one things. One second, one second. So, so that's not called programmed anymore. We need to make a distinction between right, so, someone so else programming you, which right. means God. Or you programmed yourself. Let's not use the word program anymore. Right. Just so that's what I'm saying. It's so not, it's not a confused. robot anymore. You're not a not robot because you decided what to do. But now at the end In of the day, when, when I go to the store to choose potato chips, right, it's not – I'm not making the decision now. Right. I did things in the past that – If you did. Right if you now. Did. Right. If you, if you did, did. If you, you didn't. If you didn't, that's in a robot act. Saying, but Again, anybody has kid. at some point in their life uh, yeah. decision between okay. good and bad. So sure. the second he did that first one, that's it. It changes the whole picture because now he is programming himself. Right, right. So the more and more you choose between good and bad, the more and more it comes into your control. And like I was saying, when you have the nature and nurture, even if it's between potato chips, when you have two sides pulling you, now you could still come in the free will, even though specifically this case is not good and bad. It's just what flavor potato chip. But there is a part of free will that could come in, and I am going to choose because this nature and nurture is – there are things influencing me between good and bad. So even though now this directly is not good and bad, but kind of the backstory, the music in the background, Jewish music or non-Jewish music, that's something that I was struggling with. So, OK, now I'm going to decide. I don't know. Is Jewish music playing some? You know, it's going to give me that little push to do the good, which – whatever it means in the potato chips. So even though it's not specifically good, but the things that I am, like we said, quote unquote, programmed to do, which I programmed myself, then it is free will coming in. And I am deciding to choose this flavor or that flavor, even right. though it's not good and bad, just kind of the backstory. So I think, yes, everybody programmed himself, some people more, some people less. Obviously, the more, like Rebbe was saying And depends where, earlier uh, which in the episode. aspect in life. You can have an right. adult that's programmed and still still predetermined in things. He's not thinking about what right. he's doing. He doesn't know better. Right. And you have the things that he knows is wrong, and he's actually going ahead and doing it. So that is, you're right, there was a, some point of free will over there that he had a choice, like, are you putting yourself on the good track or the bad track? And he puts himself, let's say, on the bad way of life and he ends up in jail so obviously over there he's saying well he practices free will or the other way to the good and you see someone that's really amazing of course he got on the track based on 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 free will choices that he made in the past but you know take what you're saying to the next level you know non-religious jews right so we always say we have something called tinok right he's a baby that was 
He's like a little kid that that doesn't know better, and and he was captured, right? Like Tinok Janishba is trying metaphorically saying, "What do you want from the? It's a like a baby. They took him away, to, and he grew up by the Hindus, and he never knew he's Jewish. So you you can't blame him for not practicing his, uh, you know, Judaism because the Jewish nation are special, and they have their they're here for a specific purpose of six hundred and thirteen, and that's why the, all these episodes are meant for to understand that. And and Tinok Shanishba is that he's not. You know, it's not his fault, basically. So, what do you see when you when you see a Jew, a, an older Jew that barely heard of Judaism? He lives in he lives in the middle of nowhere, right? And there's no Jewish community. He and he was born into a totally secular uh, family. What do you say about that about that guy? Well, he's not keeping the Sabbath. He's not this. He's not that. Well, obviously, he doesn't know better. By him not keeping Shabbos or anything, he doesn't even know he's doing something, right? You know that he should do as a Jew. Okay, he doesn't know what Jew what Jew means. We call them Tinok Shanishba. Hashem is not. It's clear. I don't know why people are like afraid to say this. Like uh, uh, he's not keeping Shabbos. Well, if he's the real getter of Tinok Shanishba, Hashem is not punishing you for not keeping Shabbos. Which there's. Which is a huge topic of what a Tinoch Shanishba is. There's huge right. machlokas right. from someone who just grew up in a non-religious family, even if it's in, you know, two meters away from Jewish people. Some, you know, people say that Tinoch Shanishba is only someone who, like, never heard of Jews right. in his entire life. Like, there's so much right. place here. Exactly. There. So I don't want to get into right. it. Uh, let's go, huge, let's go to the easiest topic. case. Let's go to the easiest case that he really has no idea. Right? That that's the good thing for him to do to practice Judaism, right? If he if he has no idea and there's no reason why he should have, he grew up in, you know, a real Tinak Shanishba. But you're right, hundred yeah. percent. Thanks for pointing that out. So it will be clear, right? Today, like for example, that where it gets in where you get in hot water here in Israel, right? You have non-religious and the people that grew up totally non-religious, but they're living next to religious people. They hear about it in the news all the time, and to a certain degree, everyone gets some ideas or Jewish education, or so, so sometimes he will just take that information and push it away. Something he will become anti just to, so you won't have conscious. Right. So that's where you get into deep hot water. I don't want to get into that area. So obviously Hashem won't punish him for what he doesn't know. And um, and the only time that it will start playing his, his free will into keeping Shabbos or not is definitely only when he has some idea uh, above right. good and bad, right? Right. And he so, knows but that's what's specifically, good and bad. but that's specifically in the good and bad of keeping Shabbos. But non-Jews, they're a hundred percent robots. So then, no, they right. also so, have good so and they bad. They also have good Who, and bad. Who said go, uh, Goyim, right. You know, no, no, for uh, sure. That's what I'm saying. Good and bad. They have, of course, they do. They right. That's what I'm saying. So right. So that Jew, he's not going to start getting judged on does he get schar for keeping Shabbos or not. Only once he knows that, oh, I'm Jewish, I need to keep Shabbos. Okay, let's go learn about it. So then slowly, slowly he's going to got to get in. Does he, right. like Rabbi was saying, does he agree with it and start keeping Shabbos? Or does he just push it away? No, exactly. I don't care. Exactly. He goes into the zone. Right. Know? Yeah, he starts dealing with it. But but everybody has good and bad. Right. Everybody has 100%. good and bad. 100%. So like Rabbi was saying at the beginning of the episode, the more you get yourself into situations that you need to choose between good and bad. So the more and more, every time, let's say there's a, a lot of a computer chips in your brain, <laughs> right? there's a millions and millions of computer chips in your brain. So you're born with nature nurture, right? You know, 
no free you're born will with when nature you're two and you're nurtures later, right. Uh, later on. Right. So now, so each time there's a decision between good and bad, mm-hmm. one of those chips come out of your mind that are nature nurture gets chucked in the garbage. And now a new chip gets put in, which is you programming. Oh, should I put the good chip into my brain or should I put the bad chip into my brain? So like we said, you're started, someone programmed you, boom. So like Rebbe was saying, so it could be the good and bad part, free will of good and bad comes in changing those chips. Now, each time if you put in a good or bad chip, so slowly, slowly, you're becoming more and more programmed by yourself so now you get to choose your life more and more what to do because i programmed me i decided to do this right the only point that i'm bringing the chocolate vanilla is for is that that struggle between the chocolate and the vanilla that is an illusion of free will that's not really you're not it's coming from somewhere that you didn't make but you're right if it's somehow connected to something you made which we're saying it's only between good and bad and you had sweat over there. So that's, yeah, he's, of course. Yeah. I, so you're right. Maybe I, I didn't frame it. I think kind of like where we're so, going on yeah. and on and on and on. We're agreeing on the point just, yeah. I guess. I mean, obviously. You don't like the fact that I said that um, that we're robots. Right. I know yeah, it's I not comfortable to, to we're hear. We're kind of like agreeing. It just, you know, obviously the older you get, and like Rebbe was saying, the more situations you put yourself in that you get to choose between good and bad so it's becoming more and more up to right. you which obviously mm-hmm. means now even stuff that haven't that are not directly between good and bad like chocolate and vanilla or what flavor potato chip but the more decisions you made between good and bad in your past now there's a bigger chance that those decisions are going to have to do with me choosing vanilla and chocolate so it's kind of like we're agreeing here but maybe like we disagree on how much specific, you know, and how many cases in life that are not between good and bad, do we have good and bad influencing the decision, which means that we determined, you know, we programmed ourselves. So it could be, I, I think at least, you know, after the age of 20, 25, 30, 90%, at least someone who cares about his life and took about it and, you know, dealing with his problems and working hard and stuff, then at least 90% of his life now are chips that he put in, not chips that were just there from before. Maybe Rebbe disagrees and Rebbe says that it's 50-50, whatever the percentage is. I won't say a percentage because that's the whole point I told you. I don't know. Well, I barely know on myself how many things in my life are based on my real, real, real choice. All I need to do is get to there and go to, to places of, of friction where it's where where it's where it gets hot you know i mean when i have the real fight so like we said in previous episodes that you could find out kind of um have a sense of direction when the the older you get like what is your specific tough get in the world is based on the things that you're really really struggling with and to the good also the things that you really shine the real the real talents the real things that you actually can make a difference those to the good and to the bad, you can find out like what's more your specific tafkid or like we say in tikkun that you need to do from your previous Gilgal and previous Gilgal, the things that you're, that you're not done with, that you're still here to deal with, those things that you start narrowing down into your life and you realize, ah, that's my biggest struggle, right? That's where free will comes in. That's where you probably will find free will. So ask me how big are you? How much did you choose in your life? How many chips, like you were putting it very nicely, how many chips of 
self-programmed that I actually made a difference? How many do I have like those in my brain? It's really hard to know because we said it's a very fine point. Right. It's because it's covered up with a lot of like predetermined stuff. But God did it on purpose, right? Because, you know, to get to that little fine moment, that's where you make money. I'm just going to finish up and saying we're going to learn when we learn talk about Olam Haba. The Ramam is going to say that what you're made out of, like your next figure, your complete figure, is not how many chocolate you ate in your life, right, obviously, and not how many, um, you know, uh, runs you took in your life or how many push-ups you, you did in the gym, right? What your real worth in the world to come is what you actually chose, is those chips that you programmed yourself, yourself, again, earned. To finish off another thing that we kind of mentioned the f- last episode, very famous question, everybody has it. If God knows what I'm going to do, how is it free will? Like it's all nice and games. Yeah, you programmed, he programmed good, bad potato chips, chocolate, vanilla ice cream. At the end of the day, God knows what I'm going to do. That is not free will. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if God knows I'm going to choose chocolate, there's no way in planet Earth that I'm going to choose vanilla because God knows. Are you going to tell me that God is wrong? Obviously not. Go listen to the first episode. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, kind of like we were saying, oh, God knows because, you know, we can't understand it, but there's a way for him to know based on we don't know, right? You know, he's out of this world. He knows stuff that we don't know. Doesn't matter to me. If there's any way to translate and figure out kind of what my decision is going to be, if it's because you know me so well, or is it because you you can see the future, or is it because, like Rebbe was saying, with the two cars coming in the mountain, so you see all the information, it doesn't matter. If there's any way to understand before I choose the vanilla and chocolate, what I am going to choose, it is not free will because then that means that there's no way f- way for me to change it. No matter how much I think I'm mm, fighting, struggling, uh, 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 I chose that. No, I, like uh, God knew before. It's not, it's not a problem. How does God know what I am going to choose? So I'm going to bring two stories that kind of, well, help us understand how God knows. So the first story is, I guess we'll just keep it with chocolate and vanilla, right? So let's say me and my friend, let's call him Yehuda, right? So me and Yehuda, we walk into an ice cream store and Yehuda goes, I get, let's say I get a vanilla ice cream. Now Yehuda is like, I don't know. And he's sitting there and he's uh, debating, should I get chocolate or vanilla? He's thinking, 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 thinking. So story number one is that Rebbe comes in as my friend Yehuda is making this decision, he's, you know, struggling to take chocolate and vanilla. And Rebbe sneaks, you know, comes up to me and he's like, Yehuda, your friend, he's going to choose chocolate ice cream. Watch. In about a half a minute, he's going to choose chocolate ice cream. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, let's see. And we wait a half a minute and he's, all of a sudden Yehuda says, eh, I'm going to go for the chocolate. Wow. And I asked Rebbe, how did Rebbe know? And what does Rebbe tell me? I built a time machine. And this morning, I went into the time machine, went a little bit into the future, and I was here in the store, and I saw that your friend Yehuda chose chocolate, and then went back into the time machine, came back you know, to the present, and now I came and I told you. Mm-hmm. That's story one. Story number two is Yehuda is sitting there, and he's struggling. Should I get chocolate? Should I get vanilla? Should I get chocolate? Should I get vanilla? Mm, I'm going to choose chocolate. And two minutes after he chooses chocolate, Rebbe comes over to me and I see your friend Yehuda, he's going to take the chocolate ice cream. 
of course Rebbe knows that he chose chocolate. He chose it two minutes ago. Like you're you're not a genius. He chose it already. Like mm-hmm. I know everybody knows he chose chocolate. You know, you don't need to be a genius. Mm-hmm. And in the first story, why is it the same? Because Rebbe built a time machine. So right now, Rebbe is with us. In Rebbe's world, because Rebbe was in the future already, in Rebbe's world, Yehuda already chosen the chocolate. Now, Rebbe came over to me and said, Yehuda, he's going to choose the chocolate. Is there any chance now that he's going to choose vanilla? Of course there's a chance he's going to choose vanilla. But if he would choose vanilla, then Rebbe would come to me and say, hey, he chose vanilla. Why? Because in Rebbe's world, he already chose the chocolate. It is 100% up to him if to choose chocolate or to choose vanilla. But in Rebbe's world, like the second story, he has already chosen it. So in the first story, it's not, whoa, how did Rebbe know? Oh, because in Rebbe's world, he chose it already. It's mind exploding that Rebbe built a time machine, which is mm, super cool, but it's not no, mind boggling. I didn't boggling. know I could do that. I, I didn't yeah. know that. I, I well, there you go. It. It's not mind boggling that Rebbe knew what he picked. Right. Because in Rebbe's world, he already picked it. Right. In the second story, it's like, oh, Shkayach, of course, because he already picked it. Right. Same thing with the time machine. In Rebbe's world, and this is the way for us to understand, is in Rebbe's world, he had already chosen it. Right. And that's how Rebbe knows if he's going to choose chocolate or going to choose vanilla. Right. And this is how kind of I understand the part that God knows what I am going to choose is because in God's world, there's no time. It's just all there. You know, he said when um, time is only in this world, you know, when someone uh, passes away, then he sees his whole life from the second he was born until the second he passed away in a blink of an eye. How? Like I was in a million different places saying a million different things, doing a million different stuff. How could you see it all in a split second? Now, that's what we can't understand. Obviously, there's something we can't understand here. But what we can't understand is what does it mean that it's all there? It's like kind of like a picture. You just see a picture of, of everything, whatever that means, because there's no time. It all just, boom, it all happened. Past, like present, we, and, th- and future is all is, the is same. all one, is all the same. L- like uh, Rebbe was saying when we were talking about creating the world, when did God create the world? You know, what was before? Like, there was no before and after. There's only before and after when there's time. There's no time. Like Rebbe said, he always created the world. What does that mean? There's no time. Like, so he always created the world, and we always recorded the podcast, and Mashiach always came, and there was always Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. There was no time. It all just is. Right. In God's world, I have already chosen between vanilla and chocolate. Right. Because everything just happened. In God's world, Mashiach came. What do you mean came? Mashiach is there. Everything just is. Right. And that's how God knows. It's not because he knows the future. He doesn't know. That's not, I don't want to say God doesn't know the future. Like, obviously God could do anything, but. It's beyond that. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's much, it's not, there's no future in God's. You know, oh, does God know the future? Like, you he can't, doesn't it's not need a to question. wait for the future to happen. Exactly. Because there's no future in God's world. In right. God's world, there is no past and present. Everything just is. It's all the exact same point. So now me. When I go to the store choosing between chocolate and vanilla, God knows I am going to choose chocolate the same way that this Rebbe came in with the time machine and knows that I am going to choose the chocolate. Is there any way I'm going to choose vanilla? Of course. But if I would choose vanilla, then God would know that I'm going to choose vanilla. Why? Because in God's world, I have already chosen the vanilla. Right. That's how he knows. Right. Just like Rebbe knows in the time machine because 
the per- Rebbe's world in the time machine, Rebbe's world, I already made the decision. And like we said in the second story, if someone already made a decision, obviously you know what his decision was. It was 100% free will. He made a decision. After he made the decision, I know what he chose because he already chose it. Right. The same thing with God. In God's world, there's no time. There's no before I made the decision and after I made the decision. I always made the decision. Right. Like Rebbe was saying, God always created the world, and I always made that decision. Right, right. And that's how God knows. When they wrote the Megillah and the Aseris Bnei Haman, right. so there are three the letters that are very small. A Tav, and then a Shin, that's tiny, and then a Zion, that's tiny. That's basically when they wrote the Megillah 2,000 years ago, however long ago it was. They said, oh, these three letters should be tiny. Why? Nobody knew why. Until the year Tuf Shin Zion, about right. 70 years ago, give or take, a bit over 70 years. What was on Tuf Shin Zion? There was a trial, a trial mm-hmm. for 11 and Nazis. top, top Nazis. 11 right. top, top Nazis. And on Tuf Shin Zion, the year Tuf Shin Zion, they were, they were, they hanged them. The trial was that, you know, they're going to kill them. them. How? Yeah. They're going to hang them. And wait, but there were 10, uh, there were Aserz Bnei Haman, and, but there were 11 German Nazis. Yeah. I think it was the night before. Don't, night don't before. get me right. It was the, the night, night before. before. Yeah, the night them, before so. they were hung, yeah. one of them committed suicide in his jail cell. So yeah. they actually hung 10. So in the year Tuf Shin how did they know 2,000 years ago that in the year Tuf Shin Zion, just like the Aserz Bnei Haman, they hung 10? How did they know? Because in God's world, those 10 Nazis were hung already. Right. And, you know, Sanhedrin and everyone, they have a Rech HaKodesh, so... That's... It was only through, because of the Rech HaKodesh, not because of their own genius. Right, it's not like, they oh, they it. figured out the system, no. and no, no, it was Rech HaKodesh, God gave it over to them. How God does God know? Because in God's world, those Nazis were hung already. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I don't know if Rebbe agrees or disagrees. No, 100%. That, that's, uh, if you remember the end of last episode, we also said that uh, that the, the commentary is that you need to separate, and you illustrated beautifully, you need to separate between the idea of God, the knowing of God, like you said beautifully, that's God's world, and between the actual action of him choosing between good and bad. There's no influence between the two. And you're saying because God's in God's world, he knows What's ha- it happened already, even more than he knows what's going to happen. It happened already. So we have to separate because we're talking about God. If you understand God, go to episode one. But if you understand God, so you understand what you just said beautifully. I was just, um, I was saying besides this, I think it's not fully, fully um, answering 100% till you get to even a harder part than this. You're, of course, so like you said, 100%, you need to separate between the idea of Hashem, Hashem knows, or between that that action of Yehuda choosing, yes, Hashem knows he's going to choose chocolate, but yet Hashem is not moving his hand between the chocolate and vanilla. Why aren't you saying that, okay, God knows, but maybe also that idea, what people want to say, it moves Yehuda's hand. Somehow they want to say that it also Moves Yehuda's hand. That's the people try to imply also in that question. You're saying, no, he's not touching Yehuda's hand, right? He just knows because in his world it happened already. But he's not touching Yehuda's hand. On that point, we have to say, this is a very hard thing to understand, but we have to say over here in Kabbalah, it's it's, it's uh, discussed extensively, right? In Kabbalah, it's a big topic. It has to do with Tzimtzum, not exactly, I'm not using the full term, but it starts with Tzimtzum, how Hashem 
distance himself away from this world, it has to do with this point that kavyachal, that, and that's the biggest magic you can possibly think in the uh, in this world, and it has to do with the earning. Like we said, kavyachal Hashem moves himself away, and he's not moving Yehuda's hand. How could it be? How could Hashem not move y- your friend's hand from the from to the chocolate? Maybe Hashem is grabbing his hand, so to speak, and pushing it to the chocolate. Right? Yes, you could say that's what like, oh, hakol b'deshemayim chutzmiras ramayim. So where is there room for it? God is, like, God is everywhere. Right. Hakol b'deshemayim means God is doing everything. Exactly. So even after we pointed out, hakol b'deshemayim chutzmiras, okay, so choosing between good and bad and that sweat, even though I pointed to you, where is the free will? We're still left with this question, but God knows. So maybe that's intervening. So beautifully, step one is like you said, it happened in God's world. So it's not a contradiction. Yehuda is still choosing, has the free ch- choice between the two, yeah, so to speak, if it's if it's good and bad with sweat, and he still has the choice. And God is not in uh, God. The fact that God knows that's God's world, like you beautifully illustrated, right? And in the example from the Megillah, and there's everything we're going to learn in Harsina. There's the, the Torah predicted so many things in history, predicted things in nature, predicted so many things that, of course. It's because it happened in God world, God's world, like you beautifully said. Just this, I'm just to add to that point to show that we have to say that in God's world that He knows what will He choose, but also God is not interfering into that hand going reaching out to the chocolate. You must say that Kavyachal, Hashem removes Himself away from that action. From that point of free will that he's actually practicing free will, the only way like to fully, fully, to get to the bottom of this is step one. In God's world, it doesn't happen. And point two, God is He's everywhere, right? The only way for you that to say that it's a free will is God also doesn't push Yehuda's hand over there. God removes himself away from that action. From that but, turn. But on the day-to-day, like, he norm, God is normally moving you. The Again, whatever is your around. robot, whatever we wanted to describe as robot, so God is moving it. If we want to say it in very simple, like, maybe it's not nice to say these words almost, but to just to simplify this great idea is God, with free will, God made room for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing about it because God is everything. Yeah. Once you have a good understanding of God, right? So wait, so that strengthens the question of no free will. So you have to, at the end of the day, after we pointed out where is free will, you have to also say that um, the only way that that, that's the big chiddush of this world, that he let us earn. How would you earn if not from him? He had to make room for you to earn, to actually get into that space and have your own thing. That's all I'm having. Like God programs the computer to allow itself to put to in be chips self-made. Are, to be self-made, yep. right. So uh, yeah. you're right. At the end of the day, God started all this. Yeah, that's why we all belong to God. And yep. he's a creator and we are a creation. That will never change. Like we said, that will never change. Right, how much that money you're going to make. That will never change. If someone's going to no, no, get I'm hurt. No, no, I'm saying in the free will also, even after you choose, it still won't change that it started, the starting point was from God. Right. That will never yeah. change. He will always be your creator. You will never become the creator. Mm-hmm. You will always be the creation, however, self-made and self-earned because you made yourself. And it's not because, listen to what I'm just saying now. It's not because God gave you it. 
God gave you the starting point. But the whatever you earned in your in your basket over there, right? In your bank account, that at the end of the day, it's not because God gave it to you, it's because you earned it. You actually made a difference Beautiful. with the body that God gave you and with everything, right? But there is some room over there. God made room for you. That should make us so happy. That's the happiest thought. Of, of a Jew, like, you know, Einstein had his happiest thought when the, when the cleaner uh, fell, uh, was cleaning the window in Germany. We'll get to it maybe when we talk about, we could talk about general relativity. But uh, he had his happiest thought of his mind, which brought him to the whole entire uh, general relativity theory, right? Um, so our happiest thought is that God made room for us. God made a world. And made room for us to be actually, that's the Chalakalokamimal. I know we're going back in circles and circles, but that's the main thing we need to understand over here. The main yeah. thing we need to understand that free will and everything was designed for to make room for us in this world. And that's what makes difference. Anything else, like we spoke many times already, animals, they don't, they're just, it's good. Hashem gave them life but they're not actually earning their own life. And that's the whole difference. And that's why we should be the happiest humans. Humans should be happy because they have this ability. Yep. For sure, for sure. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Uh, I so, Baruch Hashem, I think you just you you just brought out more, clarify the points, I think. Yeah, I think also I learned a lot points. from Rabbi now, so especially at the end, you know, it works for, all, for beautifully. Years, yeah. all beautifully. Yeah, together. at the end of the day, it all we comes made down peace. To we the made same. peace. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. fight. We're not, we're going to stay friends. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely learned a lot, a lot from Rebbe. Like I said, uh, the beginning of last episode, the, for many, many years, I've been dealing with this, talking about it, researching, and I think everybody should do as well. You know, five years ago, I didn't know even close to what I know now, and. In five years from now, I'm going to know a lot more and might if I talk about it again, it's probably going to be uh, different than what it is today. And even yesterday and today, like today, I learned so much more from Rebbe. Rebbe really made it so much more clear for me and added so many more Baruch Hashem. I'm pointing up to the sky. Tell him what I'm doing. Pointing up and looking <laughs> up. But so, and definitely, I'll just add to the point you said, and I I know I'm repeating myself again, but you know, important things are worth a repeat. Yep. That everything we're saying is like in an hour, you cannot don't think you can get at everything in one hour. We're just giving you a tip of the iceberg, and there's so much to go beyond that. And we just hopefully you get teased to go and go on your own journey in every one of these topics. It, it breaks down into so many sub and sub and subs yeah and, and like each person needs to find what he connects to and what right. what gives him the most understanding to help him get out there and work as hard as he can and grow as much as he can so thank you very much for listening thank you rebbe thank you thank and you very much we will see you again next week so that is it for today Hope you enjoyed. Hope you learned something new. If you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity, send us an email to jewishfoundations at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, help us out by letting a friend know, subscribing, and leaving a comment. 
Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. See you again next week.